Hi there, and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Caroline Scott. In this week's episode, we speak to Sarah Reddell, an award-winning media journalist who focuses on 360-degree video experiences. She tells us all about overcapture, a process that she hopes will lead to a second surge in the popularity of 360-degree cameras. Journalists sent out into the field often have to produce more than one piece of content at a time. Let's say they're covering a protest, for example. They might be asked to film a news package for television, carry out Vox Pops interviews for the radio, produce a 360-degree video and update social media channels. Frankly, it's no surprise that reporters, often working one-man bands, can become overwhelmed sometimes. And it's because of this that I was particularly interested to hear about the process of what's called overcapture, a process that might lessen the load for some video journalists. Sarah, who's also the editor at Immersive Shooter, explained that overcapture, which is also known as free capture, is the process of shooting an entire scene with a 360 degree camera and then cropping a 16 by 9 shot for use in a traditional fixed frame video. This essentially means that you can set up a 360 degree camera to film all around you, even if you don't intend to publish the spherical footage, and not worry about missing the action in any particular direction. And hey, if you want to then go on to put some 360 degree footage out there for your audience, you have the option. Of course, the very nature of overcapture means you essentially have to shoot your video twice, once as a 360 degree video on location, and then again on your smartphone or laptop to select what part of the sphere to crop in on. This extra bit of post-production work might not suit every story you shoot, nor will it be necessary. But if you can attach a 360 degree camera to a monopod, you have your hands free to live tweet, take photos, carry out interviews with your smartphone, all while the action around you is being shot. Back in 2016 was my first experience with it. I went to Photokina and GoPro had just bought Autopano, which was the favorite stitching software for a very long time and sort of an industry leader. And they were showing off this really cool tool where you could basically create flat videos from your 360 footage. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting, but nobody had a term for it. And then, you know, over the next year, I saw videos here and there that had used it. And I kept, I would point out to my friends, I'd be like, oh, see, see, that was shot with a 360 camera. But still, there was no term for it that people were using across the industry. And then when the Fusion was announced last year, they, you know, GoPro dubbed this feature over capture. And then a few months later, Insta360 announced the Insta360 One, and they had the exact same feature, and they called it Free Capture. And so there's a lot of confusion in the industry about what this technique is, and is it different from Free Capture? And honestly, it's the exact same thing. And some people just call it cropping video, you know, because that's really what it is. I think it's nice to have a term for it to make it a little bit easier to search for, because it's a totally different beast than, you know, necessarily just cropping a video. And so people interested in overcapture are not Googling how to crop a video. And so that's sort of why I want to make it more of a topic in the forefront of 360 because it does have so much potential for content creators, not just for journalism, but from so many different industries that we need to make it easier for people to discover, hey, this is a thing and here's how I do it. 
So how do you do it? Well, I asked Sarah to give us an overview of an example workflow using Overcapture. I set up my camera at a parking lot or wherever, and I anticipate that a car is going to drive by. I shoot that video, I connect my camera to my phone, and then using the Insta360 ONE app or the GoPro Fusion app, those two in Rilo are the three 360 cameras that have apps that you can use. Um, otherwise, you can use any 360 camera from the cheapest to the highest end and then overcapture from that using GoPro's free VR plugins for Adobe Premiere. But if you are trying to keep the workflow simple, and I am a big proponent of keeping it simple so that people adopt something, um, you could use those three cameras and then you just use your phone to essentially reshoot the video. So instead of you know using the camera on your phone to shoot something in the real world, you know, you're using your phone as a magic window to the 360 world you just shot, and you can sort of pan and follow that car or um, get a really wide angle shot of the parking lot or um, really a lot of different things. You could do with an entire 360 degree pan, which is something if you had a flat camera, you would have to have a lot of um, gear to get a really high quality, stable pan that's perfectly 360 degrees from the same spot. So there's a lot that you can do and the workflow is very, very simple. Once you reshoot it on your smartphone, you save that new video and bam, you've got you know a fixed frame project file or a fixed frame file that you can immediately drop into your project, whether you're doing mobile journalism on your phone or whether you then you know share that to a desktop for traditional editing. I have this tool that actually was coined by Amy Vitale, the National Geographic photographer. She was using 360 cameras uh, for some of her work, and she basically just came up with this uh, monopod that she would put in her backpack with the 360 camera on it, called, and she called it the Humiliator, and it essentially shot you know, 360 video over her shoulder the entire time. So you could see what it was like to be a National Geographic photographer, you know, hanging out with pandas and, and whatnot. And so that's really useful because you can set that up and you can shoot a video and it's very hands-off. You can basically turn your camera on, you know, attached to the humiliator and forget that it's there and you can go around and, you know, do what you've got to do. And then when you need to pull B-roll out for that YouTube video or, or what have you, you've got plenty to choose from. Um, so that's definitely an option and probably one of the easiest ways to, to get it integrated into your existing workflow is just attach it to a humiliator on your backpack. And I've got a little tutorial of like best practices because even though it's just a monopod in a backpack, stabilizing it, making sure that it doesn't, you know, fall behind your head and then half the shot is ruined. But also, if you have to do a stand-up, the GoPro and the Insta360 One, they can make their selfie stick that they attach to invisible. So you can essentially hold that in your hand and situate the camera so it's at eye level with you. And you can get a shot that looks like you've got a camera operator filming you while you do your stand-up. Or you can put it behind you while you're walking or doing something, and it looks like you have a film crew following behind you. 
Sarah then explained to me that taking notes are very important when you're doing overcapture because if you take hours of footage, for example, then get home to crop the 360 degree video, it will take a whole lot longer if you're to first figure out what in the shot you wanted to capture in the first place. Of course, if you're in the middle of a hectic situation, you might not be able to do this, but jotting down as many notes as you can from all around you can save you time when you're back in the newsroom. Now, you might be listening to this and be intrigued to get started and give it a go yourself. But let's face it, the kit for 360 degree video can be a bit confusing. There are a number of consumer level cameras and it goes right up to the high level cameras that cost thousands. But which is right for you? Here's Sarah. I guess the starter kit sort of depends on, of course, your budget, but also the quality that you're expecting to get. So if you have a very limited budget, I'd say the absolute, you know, hands down best option would be the Insta 361. It's $300. It shoots 4K 360 video and um, their app is actually really good. Um, you can do you can basically reshoot the three or uh, the fixed frame video from the 360, but they also have these other options like smart track where you can tap an object and it will follow that object move moving through the scene. Their app is actually, it's got some cool bells and whistles for, uh, for over capture. So that would be my number one budget option. But if you have say $700, I would actually recommend the GoPro fusion. So the GoPro Fusion actually shoots 5.2K, and uh, to be perfectly honest, the visual quality, the resolution, and and the detail is a lot better with that camera, and so it lets you crop in a bit tighter on uh, whatever you're shooting, whatever you're trying to crop out, um, without losing quite as much uh, detail and quality. So that's the one that I use. It's actually my favorite camera. Um, and I actually just read that it had claimed almost 50% of the 360 camera market share in terms of total dollars. So that's a pretty big vote of confidence um, that it's a good one. Um, their app is a little bit less um, robust than Insta 361, but GoPro is also, and we're all very thankful for this, behind those free VR plugins for Adobe Premiere, um, which make it possible to use, to, to over capture from any 360 camera. So if you have an Insta360 Pro or a Candal Obsidian or, you know, one of the more high-end cameras, you can basically keyframe the movement that you want in an over capture shot. Um, and honestly, that gives you a, even a little bit more creativity than what you can necessarily do with your fingers and the smart, tiny smartphone screen um, if you really want some bizarrely creative shots. I've seen some very creative shots. People are going to be a bit surprised by the resolution because people hear the word 4K camera, 5.2K camera, and so they're expecting a very, very high resolution image that they can use, but it's what they crop out from the 360 video is not going to be 4K. So like most people probably know this, but the, that 4K refers to the 4,000 horizontal picture or pixels that uh, go from edge to edge of your shot. Well, in 360, there's no edge. Those 4,000 pixels are spread across the entire sphere. So it's going to look lower resolution than a 4,000 
or a 4K fixed frame video. And so a lot of these cameras, uh, you know, the Fusion that won, they say crop out, you know, 1080p video. And, you know, sometimes if you keep the field of view a bit wider, it will look 1080p. But if you get in a bit closer, obviously, that resolution goes down. And so, you know, I think that these are great cameras, and I think that they are very useful. And if you really want something that looks good, I would recommend the GoPro because it does give you a little bit more flexibility to zoom in a bit more. Um, so not every shot has to look like a fisheye to look, you know, 1080p. Um, but really what we need is we really need an 8K camera available for less than $1,000 that, you know, people that does overcapture in the app, um, stitches in real time, all of these bells and whistles. I don't know if that will happen. I really think that that's where the next iteration of 360 cameras will be because right now, you know, 4K is is great, but we're past it. We're at 5.2K, 5.7K, 6K. So the next stage naturally would be 8K. And I cannot wait until we get there because then, even when we crop in quite closely, it will look 1080p and people won't be uh, put off or shocked by the resolution. So I just want to put that in there, that caveat, because sometimes people do overcapture and then they look and they're like, oh, this doesn't look 1080p. So the quality might not be as advanced as producers like Sarah would like it to be just yet. But she rightly pointed out to me that there'll be certain use cases where even video falling a bit shy of 1080p quality is better than not capturing it at all. This industry is moving fast and we will certainly be joining Sarah in following the advancements in technology and best practices in the next few years. If you adopt the overcapture process in your newsroom, do let us know via Twitter at Journalism News. A big thank you to Sarah Redall for speaking with us for this podcast. And if you at home would like to catch up with more podcasts from journalism.co.uk, you can find them on our website.